Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Matt, and this is Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit, your beacon of freedom and the American way of life. Tune in every Friday for a new episode as we dive into the world of liberty and what makes our country great. This is a new podcast that we're wanting to start up. We are going to be rolling in all of the gun gripe inventory into podcasts as well. That's been something that a lot of folks have been wanting us to do. But this is a brand new podcast with Matt and I. Matt is the owner of Ballistic Inc. Uh, I run the YouTube channel Iraq Veteran 8888. Uh, the two of us served together in Iraq uh, between 05 and 06. And we wanted to start this podcast really as a, a way for us to really just get our views out there, but also just talk about life, right? That That's why we named this podcast what we did, because of the libertarian aspect or the liberty aspect of just our freedoms, right? You know, life, liberty, and the pursuit. And that's really what it's all about, you yeah, know? Absolutely. Um, I think that just there's a lack of information out there with those three things. A lot of people are focusing on um, certain aspects, and I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for us to talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit, and what constitutes those things. That's right. So um, over the course of these podcasts, our, our goals really are to try to be fair and concise and to, uh, you know, and just look at things as we would look at things, right? You know, not not try to make it necessarily like political uh, in terms of one side or the other or left versus right or Republican versus Democrat. Uh, I, I really try to think more that my views these days are a little bit more just kind of independent and not really so, you know, <laughs> wrapped up in one group or the other or one political party. I, I don't really consider myself to be like a part of a political party. I just have my views and my views are what they are and the way that I've always tried to approach that is just looking at things from logic and facts and uh, and just trying to always make a, a good logical decision about uh, something, especially, you know, in case folks that are listening to this podcast don't know, uh, we obviously are very pro-gun. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, we, we are pro-Second Amendment, pro-1A. I mean, it's really just pro-Constitution. Pro-freedom. Pro-freedom. I mean, that's what it comes down to is, one... Pro-freedom, two, don't be a butthead. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And when you start looking at things, especially with the Second Amendment, the reason that they go after the Second Amendment so hard is because that really protects all the other amendments, and that's just the low-hanging fruit for them. It is. So they, once they get that, an infringement on one right is an infringement on all rights. And like I said, low-hanging fruit, that's just the easiest for them to go after right now. And that's what, I mean, Bloomberg, man, they're going after it very, very hard right now. Oh, yeah. Well, over over the course of Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit, which sometimes we'll, we'll refer to as LLP, okay? LLP. So so a lot of times when we're, when we're on LLP here and talking about different things that are going on, we really want our view- viewers and listeners to keep that in mind. Now, you may be watching this as a video on Gun Gripes. We might put one of these podcasts forth on Gun Gripes just to help promote it a bit. But for the most part, the intended purpose of, uh, of these is obviously just to be a podcast, okay? And, um, you know, I'm a little bit late to the podcast game. 
we've had a lot of folks, you know, treat gun gripes as a podcast. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that. And in case our listeners don't know, uh, Gun Gripes is a series that's been on Iraq Veteran 88 now for going on, I want to say about eight years we've been doing it. And I think we're about our 230th episode in. So it's a very, uh, very long run. So yeah, far. it's 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 had a long run, and it and folks are really really digging it. So um, you will see, obviously, all of the gun gripe inventory converted into a podcast. But LLP will be kind of our own thing and a separate animal from the YouTube channel and a separate animal from gun gripes. And I hope that with LLP we can also jump into subjects. That, you know, not necessarily gun-related all the time, right? We might not always talk about firearms. We might talk about uh, things going on in our life. We might talk about business. We might, and there may be some discussion about religion, about different aspects of politics, about, you know, different aspects of manlyhood and, and, and you know, how we live and, and, and all of those sort of things. So if that's something you care about and you want to learn more about, uh, or at least get our perspective on, then go and follow LLP and make sure that you're getting our podcast. Yeah, and I think that's a very, very important point is that while, yes, you know, the 2A community is very tight-knit, it's also good to spread the knowledge of the other aspects of it. So, you know, small business, you're a small business owner, I'm a small business owner. How can we share that experience and how can we share those successes with others in the 2A community? Because I'm almost positive there's a very large number of small business owners that are two-way in the two-way community. So we can share our experiences and what worked for us and most importantly, what didn't work for us. I mean, we've both, That's right. we've both had instances where we lost money. That's and right. how can we share that with the community so they okay. don't make the same mistakes we do? Absolutely. Um, and just other things that, you know, uh, you know, like you said, other subjects. I think it's important for people outside of, let's just, and, and I hate to even just say the two-way world because... The world that I represent and the world that I'm a part of is is much larger j- than just that. Okay, don't get me wrong. I, I love the 2A world, and, and yeah, absolutely, 100%. But I think it's important for people that are outside of that bubble to sort of understand that we're just normal people that live our lives just like everybody else. We take care of our kids. We, we pay our taxes. We run businesses. We we do what we need to do, and we, we have hobbies. We have things we like, things we hate. I mean, just like any other person, uh, we have our own intricate type of uh, existence that's, you know, in line with that, but at the same time outside of that. And sometimes it's healthy, and I'm finding myself actually getting into uh, a situation here, you know, recently that sometimes it's easy to get a little burned out. You know, I've been running the YouTube channel over there on uh, Iraq Veteran 88 now for uh, going on over 13 years now. And uh, it's a long time to commit to one certain thing. And and especially to stick to one subject matter. All right, I've got to stick to that one subject matter. I've got to make it interesting. I've got to come up with new stuff to do that is not the same thing I've done before. I've got to keep it fresh. And then, and, and all of that, I've got to try to, you know, make a living in a way that I can pay Chad and John and, and all of us and, and not, I mean, I have bills just like anybody else. So it's challenging to sort of almost reinvent yourself the more and more you go, and it gets to a point where you're pushing against a brick wall, which is the people who don't agree with your lifestyle, and you realize that you're pushing on the brick wall the entire time, and, and you come to the conclusion that, well, you don't have to push the brick wall, just go around it. So what LLP will be for me, and I hope I can speak for Matt too, is a way to, to kind of 
you know, not focus so much on just just the one thing and really kind of talk more about what's going on in life, right? Because burnout is a big thing. It's It's easy to get burned out. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. And I think you nailed it. I mean, when you you have a lot of pressures as I mean, as a small business owner, the bug stops with you. Um, you know, you have employees you have to pay. You have obligations that you have to meet. On top of that, I know you have uh, a lot of travel that you have to be doing in the upcoming uh, with all the rallies and stuff. So when you start factoring all that, uh, you know, myself, I have uh, a family. I have obligations on top of the business. And you want to take on as much responsibility as you can. Uh, but burnout is a real thing, and it can it happen very, very quickly. It is. And and it's almost the subject of a whole other podcast, but I really wanted this first podcast to kind of be about, you know, hey, why are we even doing this, right? Okay, I, I exist in all these other places on the Internet, right? I mean, we've got an Instagram account, Facebook. You know, we're very active on YouTube, obviously. So it's like, so why, why exist somewhere else? Well, for one, because people ask us to port gripes over. But I'm thinking, okay, well, we got to give a little more than just porting gripes. I wanted there to be some fresh perspective. And there's only so many ways that Chad and I can agree on a given subject. And there's not very many instances, right, that when I make a gun gripe episode that I'm going to diverge too much from the 2A, right? I mean, that's what the show is about, is guns. I want LLP to be more about life. Right. I mean, that that is the core goal, I believe, for this podcast is to talk about life. I mean, and things that happen. So um, before we get too much further, why don't you tell us a little bit, Matt, about just give them a little bit of brief info about yourself and uh, talk about Ballistic Inc. a bit. And Yeah. So um, as Eric mentioned, uh, we served together in Iraq uh, as infantrymen. Uh, we came back, and my family, uh, we've always been in the apparel business. So, you know, 25 years plus in the apparel industry, um, screen printing, embroidery. So, um, over the course of a few years, I, I didn't jump right into that when I left the military. Um, but then I, I got into it eventually, and we'll cover what that that lapses uh, in another podcast that's a very interesting story of uh, those years um and you know i i called you up and said hey eric do you want to you do you need someone to do some merch that's kind of what we do and we hooked up and it just worked out very well you got some great merch i'm super glad that you were happy with it and Mm -hmm. then i kind of thought to myself well let's get in the fight here let's let's how can we help um the two-way community and the firearms industry and really make uh, make a difference and that's when ballistic ink was born and it allowed us to you know reach out to these other content creators and advocates most importantly advocates um, so not just entertainers and really allow them to continue the fight because as you very well know youtube went through and they demonetized almost everybody that was that was advocating um so how do we do that? We, you know, create merch. So we do the design in-house. We print and ship in-house. We do the fulfillment. And the lion's share of all of those profits go directly to the content creator. Um, Ballistic Inc. as a company it takes a very small portion of those actual sales. So when you guys buy something on Ballistic Inc., please know that the lion's share of that 
goes to the content creator. Um, and we're not going to discuss numbers, but if you ask any of them, they're extremely happy with, 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 with that. Um, um, we're paying way above the industry norm uh, as far as payouts go. Good. And we do that on purpose. We want to make sure that they are able to continue the fight because it is a very, very expensive venture. Um, and let's face it, the, the opposing force has much more money at their disposal. So what can we do to help that? This is it. And we're now, as you know, we're branching out into other stuff. We're, we're, our, core, uh, our core product is t-shirts, hats, and hoodies. But now we're adding some other products. That's to come. Um, you guys are going to be super excited, but we are adding other products. And all of those products, same thing. When you purchase those, directly to the content creator's pockets. It allows them to continue the fight. Um, and, you know, we're just going to continue to grow it, and we're going to try to advocate and put as much money back into uh, the advocates and content creators' pockets as we can so they can continue to do the fight that they, they need to do. I think it's important for people to recognize, you know, uh, just how, you know, meaningful grassroots activism is and and without making this just strictly you know a gun type of episode uh it the buck does really stop when it comes to to a right Uh, as just part of it um how we've known each other since what about 2002 yeah right about the end of 2002 yeah Yeah. so it's 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 been a good little minute (laughs) yeah and it's been an interesting road you know if, if you would have asked me you know 15 years ago if me and this crazy Korean here would be, <laughs> you know, running a, a t-shirt business together and advocating for uh, civil rights, you know, I, I'd probably tell you you're crazy. You know what I mean? I but but here we are. And, and then also a lot of the folks in our platoon probably think the same thing. They'd probably be thinking, there ain't no way y'all be doing that. Right. If you would have went back and told them 15 years ago, they would have never thought. But I think that's, you know, the real cool thing about American enterprise is that you can pull yourself up by the bootstraps and move on with life and do your thing and create your own existence outside of what society expects of you, right? I mean, and honestly, I believe that that idea really even beckons back all the way to early man, right? When uh, we're talking like even cavemen and stuff, like when guys would, you know, people would get together into their groups, right? And they, they have like tribes, you know, and there wasn't no such thing as punching a clock, there wasn't a such thing as money. There wasn't a such thing as laws or rules. It was just survival, right? When people would come together and survive, I think that that, that aspect really holds true in today's society. And when you look at American enterprise and when you look at you know, people's ability to have an idea, um, you know, nurture that idea, and turn it into something that can be a business, right? Um, it's really cool. I mean, you look at like early man, right? How would one man judge another man? Would be okay. Does he work hard? Does he is he a good hunter? You know, is he a, can he build fires? Is he you know good at survival? Does he take care of the women in the tribe? And I think that that tribal mentality still echoes with us, right? We 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 get together with people that are like minded. You know what I mean? And and you have that idea. You have a few people that look at business, that look at life and survival, and, and just the pursuit the same That's exact right. way then, of course, they're all going to come together and, and they're going to be force multipliers. It's not going to be one person relying on another person and then, you know, it cancels out what each other's trying to do because one person's equally relying on the other. If everybody brings strengths to a table, I believe that that, um, you know, and that's just a, a life and business thing, right? It, whether you 
you know, have your husband or wife or whoever uh, that you're married to, that person has to be a support system for how you live your life as well, right? And part of this life, liberty, and the pursuit is it's literally that type of thing, you know. You you create your own little, you know, tribe, right? You grow your own little tribe, and it's important for each person that's a part of that tribe uh, to know that they can depend on uh, the other members of the tribe. Just like the pack mentality with, with dogs. I mean, I have three Belgian Malinois. And they are very pack oriented, and it's the same type of thing. They're always going to protect their pack. They're going to protect their family. So, I think it's really cool to see how things uh, g- grow and flourish. And uh, when we and I'll I'll, I'll kind of take over from here and go over a little bit more to my side. So we heard a bit about Matt um, <clears throat> when we started the YouTube channel, and a lot of people don't know this. So maybe this is sort of some background information about you know us and and what we do as a YouTube channel. But when I started it. Uh, it was never really intended to be anything more than me just documenting things that I happen to already be doing. And in a way, it kind of still is that way. Now, obviously, you know, the camera work is better and we reach a lot more people now. And, you know, yeah, we, we get a hold of some cool tech and, we, and we've taken on some kind of, you know, crazy ideas like the meltdowns and stuff. <laughs> However... At its core, it's still what it was the first day I picked up a camera and started making YouTube videos, right? You know, Chad and I were, you know, not long out of high school. Uh, You know, it was, we might have been a few years out of high school, but, you know, it was just still really new for us. And I never got into it with the intention of, oh, one day it'll be a business. It's kind of like comparing it to that person you fall in love with and you marry him, right? You know... I can't speak for everybody when I say this, but it's like, you ever been through a situation where you break up with somebody, or let's just say you're single for a long time, and you look so hard for a person, and and, and you find that the harder you look, you don't find the right person, and it just seems, man, you know, what am I doing wrong? You're trying so hard, right? My stepson's going through the exact same thing right now. He just went through a, through a split. But when you don't look, that's when that, that thing comes along. So for me... With the YouTube channel, I wasn't looking for a job or a uh, you know a, a means of purveyance in terms of making a living or, or even being famous. I didn't care about any of that, and, and honestly, still don't in the big scheme of things. But at the time, it was the solution that I didn't know I needed, and I I spent the time and grew it, and it flourished into what would become that. So sometimes if you look too hard, not only in business, but in life, you'll find that the answer sometimes is right in front of you. And and a lot of us are just so immersed in our little universe and our little bubble that we tend to not see opportunity when it's there. And even then, when I first initially started the YouTube channel, we're talking back in, what, 07, 08? It's been a minute. I didn't, I didn't view it as an opportunity. I just viewed it as, hey... Uh, I'm unemployed. There's not anything going on right now. I'm not lazy, so I want to occupy my time doing something, so I started producing this content. But it's weird because the universe provides, right? And in doing so, the universe tells you, hey, you know, you're providing something that people want. And what we saw early on, we we were starting to get these, uh, you know, I had one of those BlackBerry World phones. (laughs) I had one of those. The old school one, yeah, the BlackBerry well, I had the email notification set up on my BlackBerry device, and back then that was a big deal. It was. It to was get huge. emails on your phone, you oh, thought yeah. you were like, 
Prestige worldwide, yeah. you know. On a on a Blackberry. On a Blackberry. On a Blackberry. So yeah. I'd wake up in the morning and I'd have like three hundred and fifty email notifications. You know, subscribers. Like each day I'd get up and I'd be like, Man, I gotta clear out three hundred and fifty emails and I didn't realize, man, there was a lot of people starting to follow our YouTube channel. So it just one thing kinda led to another and of course a lot of people know, you know, that I was working at Moss. So up, I was working at a pawn shop, and you know the Moss family has always been really, really good to us, and has treated us like family. And I thank them to this day for that. And Carrie, Michelle, all the folks at Moss have been wonderful, and um, you know, and providing me with resources to help me make my videos. They they saw potential in what I was trying to do, and they understood that what I was doing was was really bigger than than a gun shop or bigger than than me it, it, you know they understood i was trying to mass communicate to an audience that was much bigger than than a town or a city or a state even so they recognized that and they supported that right and another really important player uh early on was of course barry who no longer is with us and i feel like it's very important to recognize barry's uh co contributions to the iraq veteran 88, 88 youtube channel because um he was such a great voice of reason and common sense, okay? And without going out on a long tangent, uh, and, and I apologize, I'm not trying to give you my entire life story, but I feel it's important for people to understand, like, you know, that the Iraq Veteran 8888 channel was never meant to be what it is now. It, it just sort of happened, right? So sometimes the universe will set things sort of in your lap, and if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. So don't be afraid to take a chance and follow a dream, even if you think it's a dream that won't amount to anything. Uh, you may be wrong. So, like, you know, we developed this, this big YouTube channel, and it's been great. And the fan support that we've gotten has been tremendous. Um, about five years ago, we started a mystery box called Man Cans. And with Man Cans, basically, um, you know, and... There's probably people watching on the YouTube channel, uh, since this is our first podcast, they know what this is, but some of you listening on the podcast may not know what, what the mancans are. We started a subscription box to help earn funds uh, for the channel, and I'll, I'll give you a very brief background about it, and I think it's kind of cool to share this, because this is sort of business-related, and, uh, and let's face it, at the end of the day, things cost money. And, and and money does, to some degree, dictate what we can and can't do, right? It's the unfortunate limitation of the world that we live in, right? You know, you have to have money, okay? You know, bills don't stop just because we you have a change in life. No. All right? But I'll tell you what, what sort of got the man cans going uh, early on was I had a gentleman come into, uh, I was still at Moss at the time, and I had a gentleman come in the shop, and uh, he said, "Look, I'm one of the uh, I'm one of the money handling guys at CNN." And uh, he's like, "You know, we're mainstream media. I get it." And he's like, "Look, I really love your show, and I just want to tell you, you know, you need to come up with some type of a product that you can sell because you have all this followership, and people love you, and they care a lot about what you're trying to do." And you need to have something you can sell that people, you know, when they really love the content, they can buy something to help support your content. And I thought, okay, this guy's full of crap. Yeah, whatever. What, what could he know? Right. Then I got to thinking, you know what? He may be right. Well, what's funny is we did our first man can video 
a year before that conversation occurred. All right, some of you who are really sharp may recall uh, we did the uh, the 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 Christmas gift uh, for gun guys video. Uh, it was a December of the previous year. Okay, and we had an ammo can. And we said, yeah, buy an ammo can and fill it full of cool stuff. And we showed, like, neat things to put in it. And we're like, hey, this is a cool thing to put under the tree. I mean, because everybody needs extra ammo cans. Right. And everybody needs all the, you know, the gear and stuff. Then we got to thinking, well, why don't we make a version that we can sell monthly and we have different themes. And then that way somebody can either buy something for themselves or someone else uh, and buy a mystery box. So that's kind of what got it started. Yeah, and if I remember correctly... I believe you guys were the first uh, subscription box style for like this particular community. I don't mean after that you kind of saw a lot of other spinoffs of sub- subscription boxes, but um, well, it's I, a good idea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. But I, I just find it interesting that one's the originator, and then you kind of start seeing all these other, you know, people. Well, and, inspired. and, and, and inspired look, the, the thing is, yes, you know, we, we were, as far as I know, one of the first people to do that type of guy box, right? Now, there might have been, I think, mystery fishermen and like mm-hmm. the Dollar mm-hmm. Shave and those kind of guys. I don't consider Dollar Shave. But, but that's kind of like that. a different yeah. thing, right? You know, that, that's yeah. a different thing. And it's not an invalid or wrong thing. It's just different. Right. And, uh, and look, <clears throat> yeah, we were one of the first people to do it. And I can't blame people for wanting to compete because, you know, the at the time, the mystery box thing was a big deal. Like, there was a lot of people really, uh, you know, I know Brandy, my wife Brandy, she was buying, gosh, the loot crates and the mm-hmm. birch box and the <laughs> war, you know, all everything. of these different yeah. nerd boxes and everything like that. So... Uh, the box market kind of ebbs and flows, and without going too far down the rabbit hole of just business, I can't blame someone for wanting to take on a similar business model as to what I started with Mancans because it's a cool business model, and it is a very effective business model. Um, but the reason that we primarily got that going for us at the time was so that we could earn funds to keep making the videos, right? Yep. Because, you know, guns cost money, ammo, ammo costs, costs money. money. Yep. I mean, we have to buy lenses, cameras. I mean, gosh, we all kinds of stuff. Everything from covering bills, covering the electric bill, insurance. I mean, you name it. If it's overhead, that's what the man can money would go to, is to help, you know, support those things and keep our videos going. In recent times... I've been buying plane tickets to get out to these rallies and stuff. So, yeah, the man can support is awesome because I don't have to sweat when it comes down to, hey, in two days, i gotta, I got to fly out to this state or that state. I don't have to worry about where the money comes from. I can just focus on creating content and being an advocate uh, for our Second Amendment rights. So I didn't mean to go far down that rabbit hole. Um, and I know a lot of folks may be listening to this. If you're listening to podcasts, you're probably used to a longer format. So just understand that if you're watching this as a gun gripe right now, because we'll probably release a few episodes of LLP on the YouTube channel just to bring people over a little bit, just understand that this is much longer format even right. than a standard gun gripe. So this could be a 45-minute to an hour-long episode. So uh, I just want our YouTube viewers to know what's going on. Now, the podcast people know what's up because right. they're probably riding down the road At and work, everything. You know. you know, it's safe to say that... You know, Mancans as a venture and, and everything really paved the way for us 
being able to do what we do. Like we literally owe everything to our viewers and the folks who who support Mancams. And that's not a sales pitch. It just it's reality, right? You know what I mean? Whether or not I sell a man can or not, I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to make content. I'm still going to do what I need to do. But when people support man cans, it just makes that process a little easier to deal with. Yeah, I agree. Uh, which is and, great. And that's the same way I feel when, you know, Ballistic Ink is, you know, when I see those sales come in, it makes me extremely happy because I see the support um, that everybody has. I think we have t- almost almost 30 partners right now. Um, and partners, if you don't know, are our content creators. We call them partners because they're genuinely partners. They are getting a portion of every sale, the lion's share. But it makes me happy because I see these sales come in and I know um, I'm going to be able to give this, give these guys money and girls. They have female partners as well. I don't want to shoehorn ourselves or uh, put us in a corner here. Um, but it's it's an amazing thing because, you know, we'll sit back and we'll see the sales come in. And we're like, man, these guys have so much support uh, in the community. And it's humbling. Yeah. And the amount of support that goes out for, you know, multiple partners. I mean, I've, I've shown you and I know Brandy's seen it. You know, you guys are amazing. You're buying, you know, four or five, six shirts and, you know, you're kind of spreading the love around and it really allows you to maximize that that i guess support instead of you know saying hey i'm just going to give to one person you can give to everybody and we see that and it makes us so happy because you know we as a company are in business to make money as well but it's also good to know that you can do both and i think you hit on it you know you didn't get into the business so you didn't get into youtube content creation you know for a career or to, to earn a living. It's just something you enjoy doing. And it kind of mutated and turned into that. And it's the same thing. You know, you, we get into the industry because, you know, we gen- genuinely enjoy what we're doing. And then now you become rich in your own currency. And personally, for me, my currency is time. Being able to spend time with my family, being able to do what you really enjoy doing it doesn't have a price and you know being able to you know take my daughter to school every morning and not feel rushed you know if we're you know want to kind of hang out for a little bit you know you know we're small business owners and yes we have obligations but we also have a a little bit of leeway in what we can do every day so you know if you know my daughter wants to you know finish doing something before we you know go to school i'm not in a hurry i'm not like no 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 come on i'm gonna i'm gonna be late for work and i'm gonna get you know uh, a demerit or i'm gonna get something i'm like no we're we're this is what we do i'm gonna spend time with my family and then we're gonna go and we're gonna go to work and everything else is kind of second to that and i think that if you find something that you enjoy doing it leads into that and i i think when you try to do something just for the sake of making money then that just raises your stress level you know you're i like, agree you're like oh man i gotta get to work at at nine and there's traffic and you know and what am i gonna do i gotta tell my boss this and no just find what you love to do and you know it's not about the money the money will come you know i'm 36 <laughs> i have a long life to live and you know there's always gonna you're always gonna be able to make money there's you know you'll always be able to make money don't focus on trying to just cram it all in in such a short amount of time and enjoy your life enjoy your family 
and find something that you enjoy doing. And I think once you do that and you, and you have the currency of time, you find yourself to have a lot less stress and it allows you to take those chances. I mean, for you to say, you know what, I'm going to roll with, I'm going to roll with the YouTube. I'm going to give it a little bit more time. I'm going to keep committing my time, my currency to this endeavor and it'll work out instead of saying, well, I have to, I have to cut this short because I have to go, you know, to work and grind it out and then, you know, lose this time. And then you never know that could have just fizzled out and we wouldn't be here right now. That's right. (laughs) But, you know, you have to, you know, just understand that manage your time and really commit to what makes you happy and things like you said will typically work out i I believe that the universe kind of provides and and i know that that's a you know a very strange way to look at it and a somewhat pragmatic approach but i do believe that right I'll, i'll give a really good example okay um about two years ago we started a guitar channel okay and uh, a lot of people may not know, but we have a guitar channel called Guitarsonal. All right. And we thought, hey, you know, I love playing guitar. And, it's, and again, I mentioned earlier that burnout kind of thing where it's easy to get burned out doing gun videos and stuff. I mean, anyone can be subject to burnout. I don't care if you drive race cars for a living. You can eventually get burned out driving race cars for a living, yes. which would be cool, by the way. Yeah, but it would be. But um, I wanted that to be kind of an outlet where I can do other things that are a lot of fun. Uh, outside of, you know, just the world that we obviously already exist in, that little 2A bubble, which is a wonderful bubble to be in. Great people, don't get me wrong. But I wanted to do the guitar channel because I've always been a music fan and a great way to show off gear and everything. But we saw a very similar thing with that and continue to see a very similar thing where it's been a couple of years in and we've had a real hard time growing the channel you know the views aren't aren't really there like they like you would think that they would be, and yeah, we've cross promoted it on Iraq Veteran, and we've had a few of our industry buddies, you know, pop out a post here and there to say, "Hey, go check out Eric's Guitar Channel." But again, I didn't get into it thinking, "Oh, I'm going to be a rock star overnight." No, it, it's nothing like that. You have to do it because you love doing it and you want to do it. And I will continue to produce the guitar signal videos, and I don't care if they only reach 500 people apiece because, you know what, those 500 people are probably really cool folks that that I would probably love to meet one day. So it's like, for me, you can't look at it, you can't compare, all right, this huge success in Iraq Veteran 8888 to, oh, well, it's got to be that. That, Like, that's the, the laurel that I have to rest on. No. You know, you can't look at it that way. Chad and I had the discussion, in case you guys don't know who Chad is, if you're just tuning into our podcast, uh, Chad is the cameraman and editor for Iraq Veteran 8888, and he's also the co-host of Gun Gripes, all right? And he's, he also appears on a lot of our other videos and everything. But Chad told me getting into this because he's the guy that has to film and edit all this stuff, even for Guitarsonal. You know, getting into this early on, Chad was like, hey, well, is this really worth doing? You know, it, it, it's an expenditure of time. You know, what do you think we're going to, you know, get out of this? And, and I, I had to sort of remind him, and we're all guilty of it, but I had to kind of remind him, look, this is, remember, Iraq veterans started the same way. We just had an idea and a bit of a hope, and we said, hey, let's let's have some fun, make a few videos, and one thing leads to another. So 
I'm not in a hurry to grow Guitar Arsenal. If it doesn't grow, that's fine too, but I'll continue to do it because it's an outlet for me. And that's how the, the Gun Channel originally was for me, was an outlet. It was fun to go out and do things and shoot certain guns or whatever and document what I happened to already be doing, right? And we found ourselves with Iraq Veteran almost becoming more of a lifestyle channel than just a gun channel because, you know, we'll post fishing content, hunting content, a little bit of outdoorsy stuff here and there. So, you know, as a guy, and I guess just to sort of finish my bio for folks that are tuning into the podcast and may not know who we are or what we're about, you know, I enjoy the outdoors. I love to hunt. Uh, I love to fish. Uh, I enjoy, you know, obviously all different types of firearms. And when it comes to being a firearms owner, I'm a full facet, uh, faceted firearms owner because I shoot everything from black powder all the way up through machine guns. You know, I work on a lot of my own guns. I reload my own ammunition. So I believe that there are different types of people in certain areas, right? You've got the guy that might go out as a fisherman, and he might only care about fly fishing in a uh, in a creek for trout. But then you've got a guy like me that'll go out and catch 100-pound amberjacks 50 miles out in the Gulf of Mexico. Yep. So it's, it's all the extremes that you can take something in, right? Some things in life can be sort of that zen area where, hey, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey, right? That zen aspect, right? You know, why do people fly fish, right? Because they, maybe they tie their own flies. And just tying the fly is therapeutic, you know, waving the fly rod is therapeutic. And whether or not you catch the fish is irrelevant. It's just about the, um, I guess, the ritual uh, of doing something. So I believe that a lot of things that men and women alike do are very ritualistic. ritualistic. And in nature, that really, I think, is helpful, right, to have a ritual, whether it's a fishing ritual, whether it's a hunting ritual. I mean, when you go out to hunt for the day, You've got, you know, your favorite hunting clothes you put on. You've got your favorite coffee you drink. You might have that certain snack. You might have that deer stand that you go and sit in that you built 10 years ago. You remember the people that you were with when you built it. You remember the last deer you killed out of it. You know, when you shoot an animal, when you're out hunting, whether it's a fox or a coyote or a, or a hog or deer, whatever you may harvest in terms of an animal, you always remember the people you were with. You remember the way the air smelled that day. Yep. You remember, you know, all of those details, and it, it becomes a memory. So it's it's more than just harvesting an animal. It becomes a, a part of your life experiences. Okay, so that's why I feel hunting and fishing are so important, you know. And, and playing music is a real big thing for me as well. And, and I'm not, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll get off of this bandwagon, but I'm just trying to, you know, make sure that the listeners understand where I'm coming from as a guy. Music kept me out of a lot of trouble as a youngster. You kept us sane when we were deployed direct because you brought your guitar with you. I remember that. So right. So there many, many a days and nights that you're just rolling up and down the tent playing the guitar, man. So, yeah. I mean, it, it genuinely is um, it's something that you enjoy doing, and I think that's the thing about Guitar Arsenal. It's not about uh, a monetary thing. It's about you can, can continue, to, continue to do it because it's just something you enjoy doing, like genuinely. And you're very good at it. <laughs> well, m- morale's an important thing, right? Now, now, whether you're deployed in warfare or whatever, or whether you're home, right? Morale is extremely important. And, and I always try to surround myself with activities that I feel boost my morale and the people around me, right? Morale's a huge thing. 
you know, wars are fought and lost over morale. And the war of life, like the fight of life that we're engaged in, you know, if your morale slips, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things that are outside of your character. Uh, you may run it, have run-ins with the law. It, it could even involve, you know, getting hurt or hurting someone else. So it's important to be the person you are and to embrace morale. And I believe that from a standpoint of post-traumatic stress syndrome, dealing with the rigors of combat, uh, veterans returning home and feeling like they really need a place. I always felt like music was a really important part of that because music has really good healing properties and music is a universal language. So when you may not have the words necessary to express in words how you feel about a certain thing, you know, you can take a few veterans and get together and play on a few guitars and all of a sudden you don't have to have a conversation because you have the language of music there and you can convey like it's an emotional conveyance that's a language and not so much, hey, here's how I'm feeling, this is what I'm going through. Sometimes you don't want to acknowledge that and it's not to say you tuck it away, but it helps you cope uh, with those mechanisms. So that's what it's always been for me. And not to mention that, you know, I stayed out of trouble when I was a kid, you know, by playing. And and I was one of those, like, lonely loser kids in high school. I didn't oh, boy. Dude, I'm serious. <laughs> I, I did not have any friends. I was not a social butterfly. You know, I was not that guy, right? I was always, always stuck to myself, and I, I stuck to my studies. Like, I was a teacher's pet. I always made good grades. I ended up uh, graduating with, like, a 3.8 GPA. So it's like I was always like super in on my studies and, and, and trying to do good on tests. And I, I cared more about the approval of my teachers than I did about my peers. But I believe it wasn't because I was stuck up or it wasn't even because I was a nerd or intellectual. I think it was because the peers didn't engage. I didn't feel engaged by my peers. I felt engaged by adults because adults had the conversations that engage my interests. You know, hey, I like to learn. I like to ask the hard questions and see if they could answer. So I was always inquisitive as a young person. And I felt like my peers didn't, most of my peers didn't offer me that engagement I was looking for. So I think people that do excel in school usually have an inquisitive nature about them that their peers that are their age can, oftentimes can't, can't answer. I, I agree. And you mentioned that you were uh, a little bit rebellious and rambunctious in school, and I, as was I, and I think that that a lot of people that decide to join the military initially are very similar because they lack that structure and they lack that discipline. And I was the same way. I mean, I was really, really in a bad way <laughs> when I was going into that transition from middle school to high school. Um, we had just moved. Uh, I was uh, was born and raised in South Carolina till about. 11 and then I moved to Georgia um, and we that was that transition I went to middle school here and then I was transitioning into high school and you just get in with the wrong crowd you just moved you have no friends and you kind of I don't know why that happens but you always gravitate towards the the bad the bad kids they're a little bit more accepting uh, and you just get into a lot of trouble and you know you're, you're getting the police called on you you're you know fighting and all that good stuff and, you know, I naturally 
got kicked out of school. So I was kicked out of high school and ended up going to a military school. And that's where I met uh, Tony. So uh, Tony's another guy in our platoon that was in our platoon. Um, and I met Tony. Uh, oh yeah, he's a great guy. Um, oh, yeah. I met him uh, at, at that military school. Um, and we, you know, graduated. And that was my first real experience with like, hey, I could like this. this like everybody else. Uh, you know, and I'll be honest with you, was they had the whole Hell Week thing. So you go in and, you know, you're in your, your uniform and you have, uh, it's in the middle of July and it's scorching hot, Fort Stewart, Georgia, like, you know, sunburn all over the place. Um, and they, you just, they just take you through the ringer for about two weeks and then, you know, they get you to quit and... If you stay, you stay, and you know you go through the paces. You go to your classes. It's a complete volunteer program. Um, and then after that, you know, upon graduation, you have all, of course, you have all your recruiters lined up, and you know we enlisted there, and you know went into the army, and you know I, I find that a lot of people from that walk of life kind of gravitate towards the military. And there's something wrong with that. I think that a lot of times you would be written off because I, I guarantee you that um, if I didn't go that route, uh, I would not be the person I am today. I would probably be in a really bad way, um, probably you know in jail or something like that. But having that outlet, having that you know opportunity um, to to go through that and do it on your own, I think it's a little bit different when. They, uh, if you're in like, some type of program where they force you to do it, you feel like you're forced. Your, your natural inclination is to fight. You're like, I don't want to be here. I'm gonna, you know, run away. But the fact that there's no nobody forcing you really kind of added to that self responsibility. And you know, of course, you join the military, and the military just kind of ingrains it in you even further. And then you get out, and you're able to apply all of those things to your life, and I feel like a lot of kids are missing out on that opportunity because they're not taking that chance um, to either go to the uh, school of that nature or join the military. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that if you were to go that route, you could learn a lot and you learn a lot. I mean, you learn much more um, in military as an 18 year old that you do life lesson wise and you do say going to like college you also learn a lot about yourself oh yeah and about what you what you what you're made of and what you think you're made of and you know i i think i'll, I'll backpedal a bit to your early statement where you mentioned that it, that a lot of folks that join the military sometimes tend to be brats right sometimes right. tend to be the outcast or the person who's a little bit rebellious or whatever, and um, and I was definitely that kid. I was very rebellious. I always questioned authority. I was the kind of guy like I was a good student, but I asked hard questions. I argued with my teachers, and I, I was just I was kind of a weird kid because yeah, I would I would make good grades. I passed the test. I do my homework. I never was late for class or anything, but I, I still was always very you know sort of inquisitive and and asked the hard questions and I've always been that kind of kid and I've always been rebellious and I think I've always hated um, authority a bit but not for the reason you might think. I think the reason that I was always kind of anti-authority or at least like uh, not quite as uh, authoritarian minded is because I view myself as being responsible. I'm like well I, I go where I need to go. No one has to tell me what to do. 
you know, I, I know where to be. I know what to do. I make good grades. Like, and, 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 and this is as a student, right? I'm still in student mode here. Of course you're going to hate the whole authoritarian aspect because you feel, well, gosh, I'm responsible. I don't need right. someone to tell me how to live. So I think there was just that fierce responsibility. Now, some people are kind of anti-authority or they rebel when they're young because they just simply don't want to do the right thing. And they just go down. And that's okay. Like, as young people, sometimes we go down that route and that happens, right? And we have to learn those life lessons the hard way. But my my rebel rebelliousness or whatever was be from I just felt fierce personal responsibility and I felt almost a little insulted that people would try to tell me how to live and what to that's, do. That's a big thing. And, 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 and yeah, and I believe also that was sort of you know one of one reason that I got away from the military too. I think was just because. I kind of felt fierce personal responsibility, and the military is not really the place for personal responsibility in the sense of you being an individual. When you're in the military, you're part of something, you're part of a machine. You're a cog in a machine. You're grease in a wheel. You know, you are part of something that is a machine, excuse me, that is way bigger than you. And some people really like that structure. You know, they like um, being told where to be, when to be there, how to do their job, you know, what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, all of those things. All right, here's the book on how to do your job. Here's the standards that say here's what your job needs to be. That structure is a little liberating because, you know, you don't have to worry about what you're going to wear every day. You're going to put on that dang uniform every single day. So you wear the same clothes every day. Right. You show up, you do your job, you see the same people. And it gets into a regimen, and before you know it, 20 years has gone by, and you're getting ready to you know, start thinking about retirement. So some people like that structure, and they make a career of it. But for me, I just always felt that my personal view of how I lived my life was that I wanted to be in control of my destiny a little more directly uh, than someone telling me where to be, what to dress like. And honestly, I think it shaped the person that I've become a lot. Uh, and it's a, it was a positive experience. Like, you know, I enjoyed it. It's not like it was a bad thing. It's just, um, it's just different. It's a different approach. And I feel like a lot of youngsters would do really well to spend a few years in the military. Absolutely. You Absolutely. know, at least a minimum, like basic training, and even even if it was just, hey, when you get out of high school, you got to go through basic training. No one's got to say you got to join the military. Yeah. No one's going to say you got to serve or anything. But make, I, I hate to use the word make. We're not going to make. But I'm just saying, in theory, make it to where if someone wants to go to basic training, they can. Let, let them go train. And I think you'll come out of that understanding teamwork, understanding success and failure, and understanding what you as a person are capable and not capable of, that's the thing. It, it builds that teamwork. And that's a big thing. Like being a part of a team and being a part of something that's bigger than you, I believe is priceless um, knowledge and priceless experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, it, especially against the not making part. But if you had an option where they could go experience it, I mean, there's so much that you can learn. I mean, even just down to, um, you know, if everybody was familiar with, you know, an M16 or an AR-15 rifle, you know, even throwing hand grenades, man. Like, every, only time people see hand grenades is on a movie. But if you actually saw it, it's very, very anticlimactic. 
It's, <laughs> I mean, seriously, guys, seriously, you, you throw a, fra- a frag grenade, and if it's daytime, all you see is a smoke puff. Oh. Yes. Even a 40 millimeter, you would think. It's I, not a yeah, fire explosion. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you shoot a 40 millimeter into, into anything, and it's you little puff. Nothing. Worthless. They're absolutely worthless. A hand grenade is a mixture of one of the uh, the most advanced weapons and the most arcane weapons in one thing. You've got it's a mixture between a bomb and a rock. Yeah. If you can throw a rock, you can throw a hand grenade. Just pretend it's not a bomb. Yeah. Just be like, "Oh, I'm going to throw a rock at you." And then just make sure you get out of the way cuz that's a rock that's going to explode. Yeah. But anyway, without going further down that rabbit hole, I wanted this video to be a little bit about Matt and I's background and what we're about, what brought us here, why we're here on this podcast today, why we're trying to do this. And I want LLP to be something where we can really challenge the, you know, and I really hate to say the word challenge. I would almost say, well, challenge ourselves a little bit, right? Because anyone can stay within their comfort zone in terms of discussion, and they and and say someone's an expert on shirts or some you know print, printing shirts, or someone's an expert on guns or whatever. It's easy to stay within that comfort zone and go, okay, well, this is what I'm known for, so that's where I'm going to stay and never branch out. I want life, liberty, and the pursuit to be about us really discussing things that make us tick and getting into some of these deep corners of uh, of of what makes us who we are and. What challenges our viewpoints, right? You know, meeting something we disagree with and then going, all right, well, how can I see it from that person's point of view? How can I refute it or accept it and do that in a logical way that, you know, doesn't belittle or patronize the other person just because they simply disagree, but because this is my view because of my life experiences, uh, my ability to access logic and use logic and facts and statistics uh, to really just come up with what what should be a logical uh, rebuttal to anything that may come our way. But I really want this to be about life, you know. So I hope that you guys will join us. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, make sure you go over and check out Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit. Uh, I guess it'll be on like Spotify, iTunes. Yep. So it'll publish, uh, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Um, so all all of the major outlets that you can uh, get your podcast from, you'll be able to get the podcast as well as YouTube as well. Excellent. And then, uh, you know, obviously, if you're following this as a podcast and you've never heard of our YouTube channel, check out Iraq Veteran eighty eight eighty eight on YouTube. We are a firearms channel. We've got gun gripes. We're about 230 episodes in. It's been a lot of fun. Check that out if you wish. And you'll also be seeing the gun gripe episodes dropping as a podcast here on, uh, on LLP. And whenever we put a new gun gripe episode out, every new gun gripe episode will also be converted over into podcast form and dropped onto LLP. Uh, for now, those are the two main pieces of content we're looking to have on LLP are obviously LLP and gun gripes in podcast form. So um, definitely want to take a moment to thank everyone who has listened to today's podcast or in this particular case, watch today's video. And uh, we hope that you'll support us and check out our content. And uh, Matt, what have you got for anybody? Anything? No, I mean, we just I really appreciate the support that uh, all of you guys have been giving us so far. Um, I mean, we're probably going to have the podcast up on uh, BallisticInc.com on like an integrated player. So all of you guys that are going to the website to support the content creators um, can also listen to it there as well. Um, I don't think that'll be too tough to do. 
Um, it's just another outlet for that. But, you know, we really appreciate you guys going over and, you know, making those purchases and supporting the content creators. And it really, really helps out with being able to continue to fight for the Second Amendment. Ah, oh, and I forgot one of the most important things. We will eventually. Now, we're going to have to see uh, what the, the public's, you know, overall opinion is of this particular podcast and what kind of viewership we get. We want to begin bringing in some guests as well. Uh, to get some fresh perspective other than just ours. But also, um, you know, it's interesting to meet people, right? We love meeting folks. And I hope, and now I, I don't know if this will work out, but I hope we can bring in people that are not only in the 2A bubble, but folks outside of that. You know, maybe even people that could potentially challenge our narrative, challenge who we are, challenge our way of life, the what we think about. It's okay to have someone as a guest that disagrees with the way we think. I, I'm totally open to bringing in conflicting points of view and having discussions about, about it and, and let people draw their own conclusions. It's completely okay to have a nice conversation uh, with someone that you may disagree with. And I believe um, another aspect of LLP is that, you know, I believe that people have lost the ability to argue and have a logical conversation without getting into a pissing match over who's right and who's wrong. And people want to quickly go, oh, well, I disagree with you on this one area right here, so we can't be friends. That's completely immature. I believe that a more well-rounded way of looking at the world and the way I'd like to think Matt and I look at the world as well as Chad uh, is that you know, you can disagree in one area. It doesn't mean we can't be friends. It doesn't mean that I can't try to change your mind or you can't try to change mine. But to say, oh, well, this person I'm going to write off because of this one reason, I believe that's one of the major reasons that we have such a division in our country. You look at the two-party system, not to get into politics too hard, but generically, when you look at the two-party system, they are always at each other's throats, and they're always trying to divide these people and this, 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 these people, and they want that division so they can divide and conquer. But I think the real answer is somewhere in the middle where, where you've got the people that are willing to go, hey, we disagree here, but you know what? You do you, I'll do me. You stay away from this, I'll stay away from, from that aspect of, of your life, and we're all just going to live and be happy. Again, life, liberty, and the pursuit. That's, right. That's what it's all about, guys. So uh, definitely, you know, thank you guys for listening in on today's podcast or watching today's uh, gun gripe integration. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. We have many more of these on the way. I think we're going to probably try to go for about one a week Yeah. Uh, at this rate. Yeah, I think that's so uh, be, be expecting them. And uh, as we have more information, we'll let you guys know uh, as we dive deeper into LLP. So thank you so much for listening and or watching. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye.